The 2-2 pitch. There's a drive deep right. Cubs win! Cubs win! On a grand slam by Hayward! And this ball drill. Deep left field. This is going to be a tough play. Bryant, the Cubs win the World Series! Bryant makes the play! It's over! And the Cubs have finally won it all! TGIF, and welcome to Fanatics Friday on the Mistaken Identity Podcast. Brought to you by... Fanatics, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players you love. Head on over to the show notes to gain access to the worldwide leader in licensed sports merchandise from all of your favorite teams, and be on the lookout for your chance to win some free items. Now, here are your hosts, Frank and David. Welcome to another episode of the Mistaken Identity Podcast. Uh, David is at work, so this is just Frank uh, today. But I've been uh, waiting on this interview for a very long time, so uh, it's going to be pretty good. Uh, um, so we got the uh, amazing uh, supervisor, Cubs Parking Interpretation. Um, Jose is here. Jose, how's it going? I am well. How about yourself? I'm great. You know, we've been we've been playing. You know schedule tags since you were in school and teaching and yeah uh, you know had Antoine first I'm like we got to get Jose next and uh we finally got you yeah I know it's uh with, with school ending and everything I was just uh, uh we we're just talking uh before but I'm like I haven't used my laptop since the end of the school year I, like once once the school year is over I'm done I'm like I don't <laughs> I don't look at anything school related until you know the until school starts basically essentially now before we get into uh uh, Jose and uh, you know because um, Antoine was on. Everybody loved that podcast. Like, oh my god, Antoine is so interesting. Who knew? <laughs> we're gonna find out how interesting you are. But uh, <laughs> I don't know if they'll find me as interesting as Antoine, but I, I'll give it a shot. You know, you're, you're, <laughs> Antoine's you're, 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 Antoine. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about the last time that we actually saw each other, and that was at Club Four Hundred. So tell me about. Your thoughts on that event that I put together for you all? Well, number one, you, I mean the the event itself. You, I mean, you went above and beyond what what certainly what I expected it to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I actually didn't know it at the time. I didn't know that this place existed. Like I, I, I had, I think I'd seen you post things about Club Four Hundred, and I actually thought it was like some place downtown like (laughs) that people went to like after Cubs games and then um come to find out it's a guy's basement it's a a person's basement so I mean the just walking in there it's 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 essentially any Cub fans dream like to walk into that basement to see not only all the memorabilia but all the uh all the you know all the people who are trying to uh design their their man cave, you know, their basement as their man caves. I'm sure they could walk away with uh, so many ideas of how to, <laughs> you know, actually put it all together. So it was, it was impressive. It was amazing. I had a great time and, uh, you know, I unexpectedly ended up winning, you know, so many prizes, which I never do. Like I <laughs> entered, I don't know how many raffles I've entered in my life, but I've never won anything. So, you know, thank you for that. That was pretty amazing <laughs> yeah you know I, I called it the um the barbecue and the ultimate experience at the end we gave away some ultimate gifts made like flags from Wrigley Field but you won the gift of the night which is what the shoulder bat yeah I won the shoulder bat I was like it, it was just you know I, I put it I, I think I put one ticket in because I was like <laughs> heck yeah I'm like shoulder bat I'm like why not and that cup was pretty full uh the one thing I really did want 
was the the wreath uh, because I saw it. My wife uh, loves wreaths. She, you know, she has one for uh, every season. And I saw it and I'm like, I put, you know, I put like an, an extra ticket. Maybe I don't even remember. I think I might've put three actually. I was like, yeah, I'm like, if I win this thing, cool. I'm like, cause she couldn't make it. And she said, bring me something back. <laughs> so I was like, why not try for the wreath? And then next you know, I'm winning, you know, the Schwarber bet. And of course, uh, um, the, the funny thing is too, though, like we were, when, when um, you announced it, I'm like, I think you did like a, you looked at, you looked at the ticket and you're like, you gotta be kidding. I'm like, I'm like, I just raised my hands. I'm like, oh, it's me. I'm like, I know it's me because I'm like, he just, he's like, no way this guy won again. I was like, unbelievable. Yeah. So I'm very, very thankful, very grateful. Um, you know, it, it's definitely going to take a, a, a good place here uh, in my basement along with all the other Cubs uh, memorabilia that I have down here. So it's definitely a prized, uh, you know, prized item for me for sure. And, and I love Schorber. Trevor was amazing uh, in his time with the Cubs. So what else did you win? What you won? You I think you texted me the net the next night. You're like, mm-hmm. I'm the most hated people out there because I won everything. What, what <laughs> you, uh, I, you know what? I think one of the things I ended up winning was uh, I won the wreath. Uh, I won uh, a tumbler. Uh, it was like a, a really nice tumbler, Club 400 tumbler, uh, and then uh, a mystery signed baseball, which uh, I'm still working to you know to to get uh to claim uh but uh it's a 2016 world series player so i know, again, I know uh, what it is i can't tell you but i know what it is okay cool i, I mean <laughs> i look forward to, to having it but i mean I like having the shoulder bat and that baseball i'm like that's that's going to be really cool to have uh you know uh, especially with uh it, you know it, it's hard to believe it's been it's going to be five years since uh they, they won it so it's pretty cool yeah, the, the mystery baseball that you're getting from our manager is uh, one of the players on the World Series team. So mm-hmm. uh, you won't be disappointed. I'll tell you that right now. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, look look forward to it. But you did get the wreath that you wanted. You got the wreath? I did. Yeah, I did get it. Um, so it'll be uh, on display. I'm sure my wife will, uh, you know, put it in the uh, on our door somewhere. Uh, but, yeah, it's really, really cool, really neat. And uh, so it's, it's, it's nice to – to have it and again I, I thought that was like I was happy with that I'm like cool I won that I'm good and then uh yeah I think I text you like yeah I think I'm like the most hated supervisor now because I'm like everyone's <laughs> like how the heck did this guy win all these prizes um and so um I, I think I was sitting next to Floyd when I won the Schroeder bed he was like oh no he's like no 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 he's like no nah, man he's like it's a conspiracy like how did this guy win all these prizes, um, but yeah, I thought it was pretty, uh, again, uh, amazing experience. Uh, I can't say enough about, you know, everything that uh, you did, uh, you know, to, the, to plan that event. So thank you. And I'm sure all the soups, uh, you know, feel the same way. Yeah, for those of you that are listening, it's your first time listening. I put together a, um, a uh, ultimate experience in barbecue for the Cubs supervisors from all departments. Um, and I had literally hyped it up for a week and even though even with all the hype when they got there they still had no idea what what they were about to get into (laughs) for sure yeah i definitely you know i expected like oh we're just gonna go in there you know have a few drinks uh catch up and you know have some fun but yeah that was really really cool experience so um anything that involves me involves a (laughs) lot of food Oh, um, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was I was stuffed. I mean, I was really stuffed. It was kind of hard to get the drinks in after that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, now, speaking of actually um, the World Series, mm-hmm. tell me what you were doing and where you were at when the Cubs won the World Series. Oh, man. Uh, I'll try to keep this one brief because a lot happened that day, actually. Um, well, Depends. I mean, how far do you want to go? Uh, Whatever you want to say. You know, that, that, that day actually started a little bit uh, on a downer for me because we were, um, I was um, coaching, helping coach flag football at the school where I work. And I was scrambling to try to reschedule this uh, flag football game because it was like for, I think it was like for the network uh, championship. So if, if we won, um, we would have gone into the uh, the city playoffs. So it was a big deal. 
And I remember that day it was pouring. It was pouring here. It was pouring rain. And so I was scrambling to, you know, try to reschedule this game. And then finally, it, it you know, for whatever reason, it didn't happen. It was a bit disappointing because some of our players couldn't make it. Uh, we lost the game, uh, which, you know, which really stunk. And I was like, oh, man, I'm like, I don't know if this is like a, a bad omen <laughs> going into going into the game. Because I was like, uh, I had to then, you know, the game ended uh, sometime around like 5.30, 6 o'clock. Uh, my wife had uh, managed to get some seats um, I, at uh, – I think it was the, I don't know if it's still there, but the, the Lion's Head Pub by DePaul, you know where that is? Yeah. So we went there for the game. Uh, I got there maybe around the fourth, fifth inning. So I missed, I missed quite a bit of the game. So I was listening to it on my way there. And it's, you know, the whole time of training. Um, yeah, so I watched the game there. I was a nervous wreck um, throughout the game. Like if, man, when I'm watching a game like that, um, you know, with so much on the line, obviously there's so much uh, that, you know, that could happen. Like every scenario was playing like in my head, but uh, yeah, see that I think David, I think I, listening to some of the episodes, like David talked about how he, uh, he tuned into the, the game and that's when uh, Davis hit that home run. Uh, yeah. I, when, <laughs> when Davis hit that home run, my like, <laughs> everything sunk. I was like, I, I was like, felt like someone had knocked the air out of me. I could not, you know, obviously we all couldn't believe it. Like, ah, here we go. Here we go again. Um, But, you know, obviously uh, seeing them win and pulling it off, uh, we actually walked from, we celebrated at that bar for, you know, for some time. And then we actually ended up walking all the way to the marquee from there, which is (laughs) quite a bit of a walk. Um, So yeah, I ended up uh, celebrating the whole night and, Somehow, some way, I ended up going to work the next day. <laughs> I was just—I think I was just running on uh, on adrenaline, uh, you know, because of you know everything that had happened. I mean, it was like the what everyone had expect, you know, hoped for, and it certainly—I think it, it exceeded that. That's one that I think even non-Cup fans are—that's a World Series that they'll remember for you know everything that happened, especially that Game Seven. Now, listening to your story, I've got, I got a question that I've always wanted to ask you, and I forgot to ask Antoine this when he was mm-hmm. on the show. Now, mm-hmm. so we're both supervisors. Um, uh, I am mostly in the stadium. You're outside of the stadium. And even though I'm in the stadium, I probably mm-hmm. see as much of the game as you do, which is none. Mm-hmm. But I've always wondered, how are you all not bored beyond belief outside of the stadium <laughs> full time? I'm just, I'm always wondering, how are you all not bored? Like, I would be out of my mind bored. You know, we we keep each other uh, entertained out there. I mean, I, honestly, <laughs> we we joke around uh, a lot. Uh, you know, the and the thing is, it's we're, um, you know, I think uh, Antoine mentioned this before, but you know, we're there very early. So, like for a, a day game, sometimes we're there like six thirty, seven in the morning, and we're essentially busy that whole time. Like we're we're doing something. People are you know, people are coming in. We're setting things up. Um, and we're getting things ready for the day. And then w- once the game starts, um, we still have other, it, there's always something going on. Like it, uh, it's rare that we have like a lot of downtime, like even sometimes, like if it's just, um, you know, we're so busy, like we barely have time to eat. Um, but you know, the whole time it's just, you know, on, on a good day, we're just walking around making and hoping sure nothing nothing happens and resolving, you know, these little issues, uh, you know, issues that do come up and, uh, but no, it's, it, we've gotten used to it. I'm not, um, we follow the game obviously uh, on our, you know, on our phones or whatever. Um, you know, I listen to it on, on the app when we're outside some of our, uh, some of our parkers, they bring their own little uh, radio, which they, uh, you know, they, they, they carry with them. So we're, we're listening to the radio together, although we're not uh, in the ballpark. Uh, but yeah, we stay busy, and uh, let's just say there's a lot of, uh, um, you know, luckily for for the most part, we all get along very well. So there, there's a lot of uh, conversations that happen, whether it's about baseball or other things, you know, in, in, in each other's lives and so forth. Now let's go back to uh, the beginning here. So let's let's talk about young Jose growing oh, up. Oh man, <laughs> what, what, what kind of kid? Where did you grow up? First of all, and 
Uh, what kind of kid were you? Uh, good kid, smart kid, bad kid, fat kid? <laughs> uh, so I, I grew up in uh, Albany Park, um, which is not too far from the ballpark. Um, so, you know, uh, if anyone's familiar with uh, Roosevelt High School, um, you know, I lived, lived in that neighborhood growing up, you know, all my life. I'm, I'm the middle child. I'm, <laughs> I have two older brothers, uh, two younger sisters. So I'm like right in the middle. Um, and I guess, uh, you know, growing up, I didn't really get into any like serious trouble, none of that stuff. I, I you know, I considered myself to be a, a good student and all that. Uh, I ended up getting uh, into uh, into Lane Tech uh, by chance. Like I didn't even know. Wait, you, know you, went Lane, you went to Lane Tech? I did. Yeah. I did. Lane Tech. <laughs> oh no, kidding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, shout out to all the uh, Lane Tech, uh, Lane Tech people, and also the. Uh, I know we got we have a lot of uh, kids that go work there. That's actually how I ended up working at the ballpark. Uh, me too. You know, me too. Yeah, it was just because, you know, since they were doing one of those um, uh, re recruiting, uh, they're recruiting, and it, they were there for like I mean uh, during our lunchtime, and I just like oh they're like. Like, oh, they had this Cubs banner, and I just happened to walk past it. And, uh, you know, my, my friend and I were, you know, obviously we're Cub fans. We're like, hey, hey, uh, there's a person over there. They're asking uh, people if they ought to go work at Wrigley. So we, we just go out and fill out an application. And, and you know, by chance, we, we get called for an interview. And next thing you know, we're, 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 we're working at the ballpark. And I was, uh, I was 16 at the time. Uh, so, yeah, so I was – yeah, I mean, I was essentially a kid, you know, um, when, when I started working uh, at the ballpark uh, that first year. So I, I, I don't think a lot of people know that, that I've been there since uh, 2002. Yeah, I, we had the exact same story. Now I know why I like you so much, because the exact same story. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, go and go, green, green and go. That's right. Uh, but they're changing from the Indians to something else, I believe. They're changing the name, so. Right, yeah, we, I don't know. It's you know, I, I try to keep up to date, but um, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I think you were asking, you know, growing up, what kind of kid I was. I think I'm, I'm not too different from how I am today. Obviously, uh, more older, uh, you know, more, more uh, wiser, and you know, try to be as. Uh, I, I think I've, I've kept the same demeanor, so to speak, since uh, growing up. Um, I don't. Uh, you know, I've never, it, it takes, I guess, building up your confidence, like, uh, you know, as a person, it takes, takes some people time. I definitely, that's something that definitely took me some time to, to grow. Um, as far as like my, you know, my personality would, you know, take me time to, you know, talk to people and get to know people and all, and all that, um, and open up to people. Uh, but yeah, I've never really got myself in any serious trouble, uh, growing up. Uh, but, you know, being at the ballpark, uh, you know, definitely helped form uh, a lot of m many good uh, relationships that, you know, I still have, you know, to this day. Okay. Now, tell me about how you or when you or why you became a Cubs fan. So that was, um, you know, growing up as a kid, um, you know, uh, the street where we lived on, there was mostly uh, – <laughs> retirees so like our street um of all like i don't know it was very unique that uh, not many people parked outside except for maybe a handful of cars so during the summers and really year round we would just be out there like on the street so like uh i grew up you know uh, you know as a kid in the 90s so in the summers all we would do is we'd go out there and play baseball like we did not go to the park uh, often so our street was our uh, our playground. So we would go out there, play baseball. I had uh, you know my 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 brothers, um, you know, growing up, um, and you know, I think it was mostly like when we started playing baseball, I fell in love with you know the playing it itself. And that was around the time that uh, you know Sammy Sosa was becoming you know Sammy Sosa. So like ninety, I would say like ninety three, ninety four. Uh, you know, obviously we. Were, big Bulls fans at the time. Uh, so, you know, I think the, and I didn't really root for uh, a particular team at that point, but then um, I just remember this one instance where uh, our neighbor, we would always play 
with our next door neighbor. He like it was like we're, we're in the middle of a game and he remembers like, oh man, he's like the Cubs game's on. And he just leaves the game. I'm like, what are you doing? We're like in the middle of a game. I'm like, what the heck is going on? So he runs into the, he's like, I gotta go. He's like, I gotta go. He's like, I have to go uh, see the Cubbies. I'm like, what the heck is he talking about? So I go in and, you know, I, I, you know, and I'm, we're talking across our windows, which is funny. Like I'm asking him like, Hey man, what, what, what channel is the Cubs game on? And they just tell me to turn into channel nine or whatever. And that was probably one of the first time I've watched the game. And, you know, I see the, the, the ballpark uh, at that time, you know, you still had, you know, they had Sosa, Mark Grace. Um, and yeah, after that, I just like, I was hooked. Like I was watching uh, daytime Cubs baseball all the time. Like we would try to get as many games in, uh, in the morning. And then we watched the Cubs games uh, in our homes. And then we, you know, go back outside and play even more baseball. So you know, it, it was it was one of those things where I just, uh, you know, by chance, I was watching, ended up watching the Cubs. I, you know, I fell in love with the team. And, you know, it certainly helped that, uh, you know, Sammy Sosa had um, the whole city abuzz with everything that he was doing, you know, hitting all those home runs for all those years. Um, so, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, that that's when um, I would say I, I ended up becoming a, a, a Cub Cubs fan for sure. I'm in the same boat, uh, with one exception. I think mm-hmm. uh, it's impossible mm-hmm. to listen to Harry Carey and not be caught up in it. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, so, for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, it's, it, yeah, but no, definitely. Yeah, having uh, Harry Carey, and then like, I think at some point every kid or Cub fan has done a Harry Carey impression. <laughs> you know about you know something terrible. I'm, I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about uh now you have a you have a wife and the what one kid two kids what do you have? Uh, just wife no no kids we just have our uh you know we have our our, our pets we have like our own little uh, animal kingdom here we have two uh, two dogs and then we currently have two cats <laughs> we just and we just got the the uh, cats not too long ago uh, I'm not a I've never been a cat person. But uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's uh, me getting older. <laughs> like I've I've really warmed up to them. I'm like they're they're kittens. Uh, they're, they're not like much older than I think they just turned three months. But yeah, they're uh, yeah our, our pets essentially they rule the house. I always tell my wife they 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 rule the house and we just live in it. That's all. <laughs> I had um, years ago. I had two twin kittens mm-hmm. and they only lasted in my house maybe a month. Because mm-hmm. I could not get them out of the Christmas tree, they were in the Christmas <laughs> tree. I, w- I was just tired of going in the tree, getting them out of the tree, and mm-hmm. they lasted in my house for about a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're not easy to manage. I'm like, uh, I'm I'm trying. We're trying our best to like <laughs> make sure that they're everywhere. I mean, they live next. You know, you're you know, they're clawing the furniture and they're clawing this, they're clawing that. I'm like, oh my goodness, uh, they're, they're starting to mellow out just a bit. So I'm hoping that. Uh, you know, once once they mellow out, it'll uh, they'll, they'll be calmer and uh, uh, things will be a little uh, you know more uh, peaceful. I don't have to worry about uh, them uh, jumping around everywhere. Uh, gotten some some good uh, scratches from them here and there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I always have to watch my back when I'm eating now. So <laughs> they, yeah, I, had, I actually had one of them uh, jump on my back while I was eating. I was like, I, I didn't even hear him. He's just like left on my back he's like on my shoulders like out of a out of a movie or tv show i'm like just trying to dangle him off off of me <laughs> yep i've had those days i had those days um <laughs> so you are a again most people don't know this but you are a teacher mm-hmm. uh so why did you become a teacher and what grade do you teach so i teach uh seventh and eighth grade uh middle school so i teach middle school social studies uh, and I did teach uh, writing, um, you know, a couple of years also. Um, so I, I think just going up, uh, you know, part of it was having, you know, uh, you know, having great teachers both in, you know, grade school uh, and high school. I always saw it as something like, oh, that's that would be such a, a good job, like the not not just just a good a good career, excuse me, to have them like to be able to. Uh, to me, it's your, you know, your, your, 
you're, you're giving yourself to like service to others, right? Helping out other people. And, and to me, that's, that's one of the things that, you know, certainly attracted me to, um, to teaching is that I get to, you know, to help, um, you know, help other people, help out students, uh, hopefully help them find like the, the, the career path that they want, you know, provide them that, that guidance that they need um, in, in order to, you know, to help them navigate the world because it's, uh, you know, there's not a lot of people who, uh, you know, growing up, um, you know, as I said, uh, I think that's what really attracted me is that just, you know, being able to, you know, to help uh, others out and, you know, I, that's really what I, what I try to do. That's something that I've always, uh, you know, found um, like a, a goal of mine is to, you know, try to, you know, help people in one way. And I think uh, through teaching, it's definitely one of the ways to, to do that. Um, but yeah, so it, it, I didn't actually start out uh, when I was in school, uh, when I start when I went to, I actually went, went I went to UIC, uh, I started out as a business major. Uh, so I actually did two, like two, I think it was two and a half years of like, uh, you know, a bit, I was in business school and then, uh, it just teaching always was in the back of my mind. I'm like, I, I think I really, you know, it just, it was one of those things where like, I want to try it because if I don't try it, then I'm just going to regret it later on because you know once i was already in school i'm like why am i going to try to be something that um i'm not 100 percent in so i ended up switching majors i um you know once i went into that first like uh education class i was like oh like this is where i belong like this is you know this is what i want to do um so it was you know a bit of a, a bit of a journey for me to end up becoming uh, going into into the classroom, I was like, it's it's always what I wanted to do. So I'm I'm you know I'm there. <laughs> I'm sure if you ask the other teachers, there are days where they're like, you know, they're like, oh man, like I, I should have done something else, and <laughs> I don't I should have done something else other than teaching. But you know, everyone has those days. I certainly have those days, but uh, I, I really enjoy it. And I think as I've um, you know taught longer, it, it's it's really uh, it's it's a great. Yeah, great gig you know have you have you you will have a lot of fun if you make it fun like if, if you're in there and you know you you'll go in there uh, thinking negatively then you know what you're, you're going to be miserable for 10 months out of the year for me it's like you know like okay you can have a bad day but then boom let's move on to the next one let's have another one and you know i would say most of the time they're they're mostly good days uh, but every now and then those bad days those are the ones you have to kind of you know get through and, uh, you know, just continue pushing on. You know, I can relate to a certain degree because I, even at Wrigley Field, uh, when we're done with the fans and there's downtime, I spend all of my time with those young ushers and security, uh, you know, those high school, early college age um, uh, staff members, helping them sort of mm -hmm. navigate things outside of work. Like, you know, I go to their, right. I don't know if you notice or not, but I go to their, their graduation when they invite me, I go to their basketball games, Oh, um, I do all the outside of work and I feel like um, and it's funny because like now especially now um, I don't really care that much about the game and what goes on in the field uh, I care more about those connections that I'm making with staff every day uh, outside of which is, here's, here's the podcast obviously and uh, like the ultimate experience I care more about those things now than I do actually the score of the game or you know what's going on um, so I can, I can relate about wanting to help young people and, you know, uh, cause it makes it different. And they remember you cause I know there are a lot of people who don't work for us anymore who remember me from Wrigley Field and still text me and still say, Hey, Frank, what's going on? How's it going? Can I get a reference? <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely rewarding to be able to, to help people. Like, you know, especially if, again, I don't, I don't, uh, my goal is, you know, when I'm, you know, when I'm teaching or if I'm talking to other people is to, you know, hopefully give them the, you know, not just the information they need, but also guide them where they want to go. Like, I, I don't, I don't try to like, you know, because I, I think one of the things that kept me from teaching uh, in the first place was, you know, I would meet uh, certain individuals um, that would, you know, even, I guess, to an extent, try to like, discourage me making it seem like oh why go into teaching like you know teaching is terrible even some teachers that I met were like no 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 like don't go into teaching and now as I'm in that you know in that field 
Um, you know, anytime someone says, uh, oh, I want to be a teacher, I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, we, we could use, you know, more people, you know, like you, uh, someone who's, you know, who's going to bring, you know, something, uh, you know, to the table. And, you know, because for a long time, people were like, oh, well, why do you want to become a teacher? You know, because of like, uh, you know, you don't, they don't get paid enough and all this other stuff. But I'm like, it, it definitely goes be, you know, certainly goes beyond that. I'm like, um, for, for me, at least, um, yeah, I definitely, you know, I, I like being able to share some of the knowledge that, that I have. And hopefully it'll be something that uh, can help a person find, you know, what they want to do and not, you know, I'm not going to try to go out there and uh, push everyone like, oh, no, you should go into teaching. No, I'm like, you do what you want to do. You want to, you want to become a, you know, doctor, plumber, etc. As long as it's something good, um, you know, go for it. Um, you know, because you know, there's always going to be people that will try to discourage you from, from doing things. And I think part of that is because maybe, you know, again, maybe they haven't had the the courage to, you know, take that leap and, and take a chance. And certainly that's what happened. That, that, that certainly happened to me where at some point I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. If it works out, it works out. And if it doesn't, you know, there, there's other options out there and I have to find, you know, something that, um, you know, will be worthwhile to me. And luckily being, uh, I'm in, I'm in the field that I want to be. And, uh, you know, look, look forward to seeing what the future holds. Hello again, everybody. Joe Flaherty here. Welcome back to Headlines and Hot Takes, brought to you by Lids.com. Man, the Chicago sports scene is stealing all types of headlines lately. I mean, many of us are still in mourning over the loss of the core on the north side. Some of us are re-energized for a fortified pennant chase on the south side. But no matter where you're at on the baseball spectrum right now, I think we can all be happy about the direction the Bulls are headed in now, right? I mean, I know I am. And it's refreshing to see the Bulls finally finally act like the big market marquee franchise that they are and aggressively pursue talent that will actually upgrade the team. Wow, progress. I mean, how foreign. Man, I don't want to overstep and say the Bulls are back, back, but I mean, they're about as back as they have been in years. Don't forget, never forget, this is a team that was coached by Jim Boylan less than 365 days ago. So we've come a long way in terms of what type of basketball we'll all be subjected to this season. So let's dive into some of the key moves. The first domino fell in a suspiciously short amount of time after the NBA free agency period officially opened on Tuesday, but let's all just look past the potential tampering and rejoice in the fact that the Bulls were able to finally land their primary target, Lonzo Ball, in a sign-in trade with the New Orleans Pelicans. No word on if his father, LeVar, will be following or not, but I'm sure we'll be hearing from him either way. Larry Markkinen was heavily speculated to be the piece heading the other way for months now, but the Bulls are actually parting ways with Thomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, and a second round pick to secure the services of the budding 23-year-old point guard on a four-year, $85 million contract in total. This move has not only been praised in terms of the financials, but it's no secret that the Bulls have been seeking a legit playmaking point guard since the prime days of Derrick Rose, and the brain trust of Arturis Karnasovas and Mark Eversley have hit a home run here in my humble estimation. Ball has been steadily improving every year since being drafted number two overall by the Los Angeles Lakers in 2017. Last year, he set career highs in points per game, three-point percentage, and usage rate while setting a career low in turnover percentage, and that all translates to exactly what you want out of a point guard. It is true that the Bulls' lead man is still Zach Levine, and that he still operates well as an on-ball offensive threat, as well as improving his passing in recent years, but having Ball take over the primary ball handling duties will take a lot of pressure off Zach, to the point where he doesn't have to be a one-man band and to utilize his extreme athleticism in much more creative ways on the offensive end of the floor and in transition. He doesn't have to be tasked with doing everything all at the same time. Ball's had some injury issues in his brief career, but he's not known for being aggressive in his attempts to getting in the lane and converting near the rim, but lucky for him, the rest of the roster around him is coming together to fill those gaps. Shortly after the news broke about Lonzo, the Bulls secured the services of another former Laker in their backcourt, landing former Texas A&M product and LA fan favorite Alex Caruso on a four-year $37 million deal. 
Caruso is the definition of a gritty guard as the 27-year-old went undrafted out of college and parlayed his defensive intensity and his versatility into an invite into LeBron's inner circle of trust with the Lakers. Last year, he shot over 40% from three-point range, which adds another weapon for Lonzo to search for on the perimeter. So the financial commitment was widely lauded here as the Bulls were able to secure both a starter and a key rotation piece in the backcourt for just north of $30 million per year combined. But the biggest splash, for better or worse, came later in the day on Tuesday when the Bulls completed a sign-in trade for four-time All-Star DeMar DeRozan from the San Antonio Spurs. Now, if you were to tell me this four years ago, I would be a whole nother level of excited, but we're in a different territory now with DeMar. DeRozan was heavily rumored to be in the Bulls' plans at last year's trade deadline, but no deal was struck following the Nikola Vucevic trade from Orlando. While the packages sent away and contracts signed to secure both Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso look like master strokes by the front office, many aspects of the effort to bring DeRozan to the Windy City don't exactly inspire the most confidence at first glance. To start, the Bulls shipped away Thaddeus Young, Al Farouk Amino, and a future first-round pick, and two future second-round picks for the rights to sign DeRozan in the deal. When you rate the returns apples to apples, this is more in both NBA-ready talent and future draft assets that the Spurs received in return for a very unhappy Kawhi Leonard a few years ago. Kawhi Leonard. Look, as good as you might think DeRozan might be, he's not on Kawhi's level in terms of total impact, at least not when Kawhi's healthy. Also remember that the Bulls have been shelling out future first-round picks left and right like Oprah for a while now. You get a first-round pick. You get a first-round pick. It's now very possible that the only first-round pick that the Bulls will have between now and 2025, 2025, will be next year's first-round pick. Full details about the pick heading to San Antonio will trickle out starting today, but it looks like the Bulls are not only doubling down on the core talent on the roster for the short term, but that they're extremely low on the value they believe they can obtain via a mid-lottery or later first-round pick. When you look at the recent first-round returns for the Bulls, it's kind of hard to blame them. Denzel Valentine is a useful asset off the bench, no doubt, but he won't be mistaken for a high-level contributor anytime soon, even as a borderline lottery pick himself. Lowry Markkinen doesn't have a long-term fit at the moment, and he was deemed the big prize off the bat in the Jimmy Butler trade that landed him on draft night in 2017. Wendell Carter Jr. has already been shipped out of town, and Kobe White, for all of his flashes of offensive brilliance that he's shown, has been dealing with a long-term recovery from surgery heading into this season and still needs to add elements to his offensive game to stick around as a steady rotation piece. Patrick Williams might prove to be the outlier here, but he was taken with a top five pick as recently as last year and still needs a lot of time to develop. But even though the recent draft returns haven't been all that great with picks lower than top five, it doesn't give you a ton of flexibility in terms of being able to pivot from your given plan when you ship out that many years worth of draft capital. By committing this much to these three incoming pieces and the rest of the roster, and then sending away the rights to add high upside talent in the draft, you're setting yourself up basically to ride or die with a given roster, which is undoubtedly improved, don't get me wrong. But it definitely doesn't strike me as an elite top tier team in the Eastern Conference, even though this conference is subjectively weaker than the West. So that aspect in and of itself was a bit suspicious, but then the Bulls doubled down by offering DeRozan a three-year deal worth $85 million, clocking in at an annual value just north of $28 million a season. So this might not be max money, but it does seem pretty damn high for an aging guy who has a skill set that fits more in the 90s era of basketball than it does now. Now, DeRozan isn't terribly old, he's turning 32 this year, but he hasn't exactly been on board the three-point revolution bandwagon as he prefers to do his damage in the mid-range or in the post. We can definitely have a conversation about how many suitors there might have been for DeRozan and what the timeline for the deal might have looked like for both sides. It's easy for some people to call this an overpay, which I personally still think it is, but this deal may have been agreed upon in principle far before other teams dropped out of the race for his talents. A knockout offer from the Bulls may have been necessary to secure the rights to the sign-and-trade on his end, and then the other teams in the mix might have quickly allocated their cash elsewhere. So that's why I don't think the critiques that say, DeRozan could have been had for half the price are entirely fair. Either way, this high of an annual figure further locks you into the roster at hand, which you'll need a lot of luck to mesh into a high-caliber competitor in the East, but I do think there are two promising aspects of this deal with DeRozan. One, no matter the money, I think he fits very well next to Lonzo, Levine, Vucevic, and ideally a budding Patrick Williams. 
The other four presumptive starters I just named on the roster will all have at least an element of a perimeter game. I mean, at least two of the four have proven to be well above average from deep in their career so far. So with the rest of the starters comfortable beyond the arc, that gives plenty of slashing and post opportunities to a guy like DeRozan, who might not exactly be with the times regarding analytics, but there's definitely something to be said for a guy who's averaged over 20 points a game for his entire career. It's not like that type of scoring punch grows on trees or anything. He's not a premier defender by any stretch, and the same can be said about most players on the Bulls roster, so there's no doubting that the strength of this team will squarely be on the offensive side of the ball. But DeRozan can also play power forward in a small ball lineup and hold his own from a team defense standpoint against taller forwards in the front court. He also improved his passing by leaps and bounds with the Spurs, which makes me very excited to see this offense up and running under Billy Donovan following a full preseason. The other aspect points back to financials, again, expiring high value deals certainly have a place in the NBA landscape more so than other sports when it comes to matching salaries to swing a home run trade for a true superstar. DeRozan will still be in his mid-30s by the final year of his deal. Ideally, not only will this rendition of the Bulls have some playoff experience by then, but the $28 million he's owed in 2023-24 could be traded away to match salaries for a top-flight superstar that can truly take the Bulls over the top. Three seasons from now, Zach Levine will squarely be in his prime, assuming he's still on the team, as will Lonzo. The wild card here is how Patrick Williams develops. Many people in the industry view his ceiling as extremely high, and every aspect of his game has been growing since he first stepped on the court last year. Nikola Vucevic may be out of the picture at that point, or even signed back to a friendlier extension, but if the team's on the brink of being one guy away from a legitimate title shot, they can leverage DeRozan's contract and, yeah, more future draft capital to create an enticing package to send away to land guys like Carl Anthony Towns, Jalen Brown, Devin Booker, or, oh, I don't know, Chicago's very own Anthony Davis. I'm just spitballing here. Now, this is all purely speculation from the point of signing a guy with the primary intention of him being trade bait for the future, basically. So let's talk about what we can say with certainty. Number one, the flurry of moves we've seen since the start of NBA free agency have drastically improved the Bulls roster. And number two, it's a pretty stunning development that stars, albeit at a lower tier, can be lured to Chicago again. It has once again become a destination of sorts for marquee names, and if the team can improve both in the standings and from their team culture standpoint, bigger fish can be convinced to come back to town instead of routinely chasing them away from the red and black. Jimmy Butler, Derrick Rose, we're sorry. Again, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here. We don't know what the front court will look like heading into next year, and we still don't know what will happen with Lowry Markkinen's restricted free agency, and we still can't look at this team like a true title threat, even with the drastically updated roster on paper. The linchpin for this team will obviously still be Zach Levine. With all this new money committed to mid-level, middle-aged stars, the Bulls must retain him in order to realize any kind of upside from this situation. But after the few years of the absolute clown show we've seen at the United Center, I'm entirely on board for a few seasons of competing for a mid-playoff seed and trying to make some noise in the early rounds of the playoffs. If the new-look Bulls can hit the ground running out of camp, there's no reason that they can't enjoy a pair of seasons as a 5 or 6 seed in the East and leverage that short run of success and experience into bigger aspirations from that point forward. So yes, I guess tongue-in-cheek we can say the Bulls are back, or at least they're in the very beginning phases of being truly back. It'll be a long road ahead and they'll have to catch quite a few breaks, I mean quite a few breaks along the way. But it'll be an absolute treat to watch this offense firing on all cylinders and truly threaten for a playoff spot for a change. So hey, look, we're ending on an optimistic note for a change. I guess that'll do it for this week's edition of Headlines and Hot Takes, which I recorded on my birthday. Brought to you by Lids.com, the number one destination for hats, gear, and everything that moves you. No hat of the week this time around, unfortunately, but in the show notes, we do have an officially licensed Cubs home jersey for $38 available to purchase, down from $120. I'll let you all guess why the price point came down as much as it did. <laughs> Enjoy your weekends, and I'll catch you next time. All right, so let's, let's talk about Antoine for a minute. And for those of you that are listening, <laughs> Antoine is another parking supervisor. Uh, he's in our archives, so go listen back to that episode. But um, uh, whenever I see, I, I usually see you and Antoine together the most. Now, there are other parking supervisors, you know, that are do different things, Dan and all of them, but I usually see you two together the most. So uh, are you two this close or you know is that your boy i'm just curious i usually see you all together it's always antoine and jose oh yeah 
Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely get along. Uh, you know, we get along well. We joke around a lot. Um, I think it's probably maybe on the days where it's just Antoine and I, <laughs> that's why you're seeing us together. Uh, you know, if it's a, you know, if it's a day game, um, usually it's uh, at this time, it's just Antoine and I. But yeah, definitely, you know, that, yeah, Antoine's my boy. <laughs> we, uh, you know, we, we, we joke around a lot. Um, and I think part of it too is because, um, you know, he's been there. Uh, just as long as I have, I think he started 2004, 2005, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, so, you know, looking at, we basically went from, you know, being, you know, parkers, parking leads to then, you know, becoming supervisors around the same time. So, you know, we, we definitely share that uh, in common that we have that, uh, I guess, similar journey where, you know, we, you know, we worked our way up. Uh, to becoming supervisor and having that opportunity, uh, which was, you know, very unique because um, before that, um, I, I don't know if how many people are aware, but like there wasn't like a, a, a full-time like uh, supervisor for parking. Like we would always, they would always rotate uh, game day supervisors. So uh, we'd have, you know, be Floyd out there one day, uh, Mike and Cade, uh, they do like uh three game series, four game series together. So that's how we ended up getting to know the supervisors. Uh, well, um, you know, Stanley would be out there. Um, um, basically any supervisor that you can think of was out there pre, uh, I think 2012. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, after that, uh, you, you know, I think just being uh, together around each other for, you know, six months out of the year, you definitely get to uh, establish uh relationships with people and i think with antoine it's one of those things where like you know we, we could definitely go like months without talking but like once it's once we're back together uh and i'm sure many of the soups feel this uh, about each other like yeah it's like you guys never left like it's that familiarity that you share with each other uh and you know you 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 have not only trust but you definitely like each other's company right uh and it makes it makes working together that much more easier. Cause like, we're always like back and forth, like, Oh, let's, let's try this. Let's try that. I'm like, we're, we're always just like, maybe you just see us because we're like, <laughs> it's it just out of circumstance. But yeah, we, we, I think the parking suits are definitely a, a good group together. Like um, all of us for sure. I gotta say the, I gotta get the parking staff, the parking staff credit because this is the first year that they have not, um, called me Antoine as much <laughs> yeah when I'm leaving my hat on and my when I'm on the way home right uh, previous years I <laughs> home, people were yelling down the street Antoine come here I need this like, are you talking to me <laughs> yeah I'm not Antoine um, yeah but this year they got it together this year they don't call me that as much so maybe it's the podcast who knows maybe yeah I, I think he's just he, he's around there so I think he's around the ballpark so much that like people know who he is now. Like everyone knows who everyone knows who Antoine is. <laughs> yeah, when he won Supervisor of the Year, I told this story on the podcast. When he when he uh -huh. won Supervisor of the Year, uh -huh. um, and I just happened to walk down the lower bowl, everybody was congratulating me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah I, I could definitely see that. Like uh, people had uh, on. Get to... <laughs> yeah. You should have been like, yeah, thank you. I'm like, you, you should have. Uh, you should have gone to the uh, the what was it? They do a lunch for for the, the person who wins. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah yes. Uh, but I love Mr. Antoine. Antoine is uh, just an amazing person at work, outside of work, uh, family man, spiritual. I mean, yep. uh, I wish that they would showcase more people of color like him because he's doing a whole lot of good stuff uh, that's positive and you know that should be on the news, in my opinion. But um so shout out to Antoine um now I want to talk about this background now those of you that have a podcast membership can see Jose's background right now all the stuff that he has there oh and yeah you all see where all the, you all can see where all the bobbleheads have gone to but mm -hmm. uh <laughs> <laughs> explain some of the stuff that you got behind you. that's a lot of good cuff stuff back there what do you have yeah there? so all these things are you know uh like essentially promo items that um I've acquired either through working at the ballpark and also my wife. My wife was a, a season ticket holder for 
let me see. I think uh, I'm probably getting the math wrong, but she had season tickets for like five or six years. So she was at the ballpark just um, in terms of she's gone to more games than I have. Actually, Wait, did, you all uh, meet, did you all meet at the game? No, we actually met in college. So we met in college. She went to Lane Tech as well. Uh, we actually didn't know each other at Lane Tech because there's so many people yeah, there. Yeah, so good. Right. Uh, so we ended up meeting at uh, UIC, which we, you know, I, I don't know if the nickname still sticks around. If it's still, you know, but we used to call it Lane Tech too because so many uh, yeah. kids went to UIC. Yeah. Uh, and we ended up meet, meeting through, uh, you know, mutual friends. And uh, yeah, we that was like started dating 2005, and we've been together ever since. But yeah, all this stuff here are things that either she got or that I got, and then we've compiled it. This isn't even all of it. We actually have a lot more. <laughs> that uh, some of it's, it's still in in, in boxes uh, because we just don't have the space for it. But yeah, this is you can tell we're we're big, um, you know, co- collectors of a Cub memorabilia. Uh, that. Uh, uh, that sign up there, actually, a friend of mine, uh, a friend of ours gave it to us because uh, he's like, oh, he's out. Uh, he wanted, uh, I think he wanted one of those like Cub social media nights or something. Yeah. And then he gave it to my wife. Uh, and then we're like, um, we're, get, we're trying to give it back to him. And he's like, no, he's like, you, you all keep it because he's like, you all have all your Cub stuff. And you guys are the, you know, the big, biggest Cub fans uh, that I know. But yeah, I have... I was lucky enough to acquire all the um, the hundred year anniversary bobbleheads, which is what you see behind there, and then uh, some of the other ones are you know things that my wife got when she went to, to the games. Um, so, so what ticket? What ticket is in that lanyard behind you? What, what ticket is in that lanyard on the other side? La- this one. What's in that? T- yeah, what ticket is that? Oh, actually, this is from the uh, All Star Game from uh, All Star Game twenty twenty, which was okay. here, um, which was awesome. I, I got to go to the all-star game, which was, I'm um, very blessed and thankful to have been able to go. It was just, again, um, just by chance that I was able to, to, to actually go to the, the game. And it was one of the, you know, last, one of the last things that happened before the pandemic. These are my wife's uh, world series tickets, uh, which she, uh, I don't think, there we go. If I get that there. Okay. So she put them there. Um, but yeah, she, we, it's interesting. We actually have, uh, different uh, perspectives uh, of that World Series run because she actually um, ended up going to all the World Series games, uh, which was great because I, 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 <laughs> uh, I, we always laugh about it because um, she actually, she was, she was on the waiting list for season tickets when we were in college. Uh, we ended up, she ended up getting, you know, called to get the tickets. Uh, I think it was like 2013 team wasn't that good, but I'm like, no, you can't pass it up. I'm like, people wait so long to get tickets. I'm like, we have to get them. So uh, we ended up getting tickets. And uh, I, again, it's funny because um, she was like, the whole thing was that she got the tickets so she and I could go to the games together. Uh, I ended up becoming a supervisor around that time. So (laughs) we actually never, we only went to a few games together. She's, uh, but she, you know, went with a a bunch of friends and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad she was able to, you know, get that experience, um, you know, being able to attend, you know, the, the World Series, the, the whole playoffs, really, go, going to all the games and so forth. Um, because, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things, like, when we were at that time when all that was happening, I was like, man, I'm like, we're, we're very lucky, we're very fortunate that we get to experience this uh, because not many people uh, have, uh, will have that opportunity to do it, at least during that time, you know, hopefully. Um, you know, once uh, things uh, get better, you know, playoff runs will be, you know, obviously they've been, been warm lately. Um, and hopefully, uh, you know, in the, in the coming years, it's it's something that, you know, people will get to experience again. All right. So everybody knows my favorite Cub. Well, I won't say my favorite Cub, my favorite player. But I, mm-hmm. I like him for what he does off the field. It doesn't really matter what team he's on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Jason Hayward. But so who's, who's your favorite uh player on on the current roster what's left of it oh sure well, <laughs> yeah uh, well on, you know on the current roster um you know that's not, I, that's not fair Let, let's let's say over the last three years like who's your favorite who's your favorite uh, uh definitely 
you know, I'm, I'm I, Hendrix. Um, I, I, I enjoy, you know, I think I, I, since he started pitching for the Cubs, he's like one of the guys that I thought, like, uh, I, I just remember, um, I think he started pitching for them like 2014, 2015, 2015 maybe. Um, but I remember one time I was just watching him pitch like um, a few innings and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like this guy, man, he doesn't throw, he doesn't throw like, he doesn't have like, 94, 95 mile per hour fastball. I'm like, but the way he like, it reminded me, uh, it, it's funny. It reminded me of Greg Maddox. Like, because growing up, I would see Greg Maddox, you know, dominate with the Braves. And I'm like, man, I'm like the way he pitches to his spot and he hits his spot. And I'm like, you could tell he's out there. He's, he, he's up there uh, thinking um, where he's going to put this pitch. And the fact that he could put the pitch where he wanted to, I'm like, that that's impressive. And, you know, just seeing him continue to pitch and continue to have success, um, you know, I, I just find that, you know, very, very uh, obviously he's a, he's a he's a pitcher. I'm like, he's a pitcher. You don't have many guys. Some guys uh, are throwers because, you know, they have that natural ability where they're, you know, throwing the ball 95, 98, 99, even 100 miles an hour, and they're overpowering people. And, you know, the fact that he's able to, you know, command the strike zone and have such uh, great control of – of the pitches that he does throw and he's able to get guys out. I'm like, man, that's, it's really, uh, it's quite, quite impressive what he's able to do uh, on the mound. Um, So yeah, definitely uh, Hendricks and then uh, Baez, it would be Baez, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, watching him. I'm like, he's so, such an exciting player. Um, And we'll we'll just leave it at that. (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, that's a good note to uh, end on, by the way. I can read that time. So, uh, Jose, you know, for a person that didn't think this would be interesting, this was great, by the way. Oh, uh, well, I hope so. I was like, uh, I hope people find it interesting. I'm like, uh, I'm like, I did not know your wife was. I learned so much about you. Your wife's a season ticket holder. I learned more about you than I, and I've known you for a while. So, uh, I learned some stuff. I'm sure everybody else did too. So this, this was, this was good. I actually can have you come back, actually. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, I hope so, man. I'm like, let's see how many people listen to it. I'm like, you're, you know, you're gonna have the the least listened to or downloaded. Uh, well, I think episode. I think it'd be, I think it'd be cool <laughs> have uh, I think it'd be cool to have you and Antoine together. Hey, I'm all for it. I think, I think that would be, cool. be that would be cool. Yeah, be for cool. sure. We definitely have a lot to to talk about. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, I'm 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 honored that you uh, you know asked me to be on your uh, on your podcast. You guys are you all are doing some, some really great work and you're, um, you know, giving people a platform to, to share uh, about each other, which is great because that's really what, uh, when you go to the ballpark, that's what you get to learn. You get to learn, uh, so much about the people that you work with. Um, you know, the, the, the people that we have working for parking, some of them have, uh, some great stories that I'm sure you could, uh, you know, if you ever want to talk to one of them, uh, of course, of course, you know, talk to them. I'm like, they, they have some great stories, that they'll share, uh, you know, about their lives and, you know, about their, uh, you know, their, their, uh, fandom for the Cubs, because we definitely have some really, some really good, um, you know, hardcore Cub fans out there in Porky. <laughs> okay. Now, before I go, I got to get with some Cub mm-hmm. tickets. So you have to pick a number between one and 312. All right. One and three, 112, you said? Yes. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm going to pick, uh, you know, since we were talking about Antoine, let's go with 55. So wait, so what's the what's the connection between Antoine and 55? That's his radio number. Ah, <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I forgot yes. we, all, we have different numbers than you all do. Okay. Yeah, all right. yeah. So he's 55. Um, <laughs> right, and that is uh, actually Mary, I'm going to say this wrong, even though I know her, Mary mm-hmm. Lesky Keppers. I'm saying that wrong. But that's uh, who that is. And uh, actually, uh, we got some Wrigley Field ticket for September for you so you have 10 days to reach out to us uh, jose thank you very much and thank you for being a podcast membership holder by the way i appreciate that uh, and if you want to become a member on and listen to this click on the show notes and then you can become a member too everybody else have a good night and thank you for listening to this episode of the mistaken identity podcast hey everybody joe flaherty here with the mistaken identity podcast We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We want to thank you for your continued support. We also want to extend a heartfelt thank you to those of you who have written reviews, dropped some likes, 
and shared our shows as that has allowed us to grow beyond any of our expectations. As a matter of fact, we're excited to announce a new way for our loyal listeners to enhance their experience even more with our new membership feature. All you have to do is jump in the show notes and follow the link to our Patreon page where you can find access to a whole bunch of extra goodies for as little as $3 a month. You'll be given access to exclusive content, merchandise, behind-the-scenes video, early access to episodes, the ability to make special requests for guests, and much, much more. Now, if that sounds like something that interests you, head on over to Patreon and search Mistaken Identity Podcast, or simply follow the link in our show notes to join the likes of Nancy Sullivan, Alice Daniels, and Kathy Chester at the rookie level, all the way on up to the Hall of Fame level with longtime listeners Kathy Weedley and Kathy Grossman. As always, we can't leave without our disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next time.